Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and San Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 3.37. Coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It is Thursday night. It is 9.30 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast slash radio show slash rant slash uh, conversation between the boys slash, hey, it's no big deal. Let's talk sports, all right? Talking sports nice, all right, cousin, all right, cuz, <laughs> oh boy, we are full of it tonight, we are full of it, I'm uh, one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, for the podcast, but it is live, I mean, you could call in if you're listening, you could call the show if you had something to say, we'll talk, sports, no big deal. I figured, Cal, I figured I'd get the walk-in out of the way early. That's probably safe. It's probably oh, there, Oh, there he is, without any formal introduction. Let's bring him in. That's a cold open, by the way. Cal Stradamus. Yes, that's right. He is uh, Cal Neva. He is Calpino. He is Caliente. He is uh, the co-host of the program, uh, episode number 37 on this season, I think it's episode like 150 overall. We've been doing this forever, and I love it. I don't want to stop, brother, nephew. We're going to explain why I'm doing that, why I'm being completely obnoxious in a minute. But here he is, Brian Calneva Campinuca. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. How are you then? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How you doing there, Neff? What's up, Unc? What? 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 You greeted me. We got a ton, we're going to talk about the Mets and R.A. Dickey gets 20 wins tonight and, and the Yankees have righted the ship for the playoffs. And we're going to talk about the Jets and we're going to talk about Darrell Rivas out for the season. We're going to talk about the Giants and the Eagles in a, in a big early season matchup. They're talking smack. Uh, and Cal was at the game today. He was at R.A. Dickey's 20th win. Historic moment. In City Field, David Wright with a three-run home run to take the lead. Oh, it was just delicious. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that jazz. And in the fun load later with uh, Bishop Pop Culture PJ, we're going to talk about covers, uh, who played the part of Lindsey Buckingham last week, getting bumped off the couch. 
but before we get to that, Cal was at the game. You greeted me very strangely tonight. I just said hello. No, you did not. What was that? I don't know. What's... No, this is like a real D-baggy way of, of talking to people. Not that you're a D-bag. I'm saying you were imitating something you probably heard at the stadium today in our beloved New York City. Yeah, I might have. What What was it? What's up, nephew? What's, it? What's up, son? What's up, son? Well, son, I hear a lot. Yeah, that's all it was. Which is completely disrespectful. It Let's was, yeah. Honest. Well, that's your first one. Put it in the jar. Yep, there's five cents in the jar, and you know what? I'll happily pay the five cent fine on Let's Be Honest there, because... That's two. <laughs> no, I was I was using one as a point. You can't do that. <laughs> do you know the other day I had to tweet Evan Roberts because Berningo, Broningo, used it 11 times in four minutes? He showed, <laughs> he showed restraint then. Right. He used Let's Be Honest 11 times in four minutes. So I tweeted to Evan Roberts, tell your co-host that his demands for honesty are going to be met. Please stop asking. Uh, but anyway, what, what's up, son? I, I don't, I really, I don't know what that was all about. You're so street. Well, look, we need a new, I think we need a little bit of an element like that to the show. you saying we need an edge. You know who's got an edge. <laughs> don't even, you son of a, don't even. You you know he's got an edge. Ichiro Suzuki? Uh, that ain't it. Mark Teixeira? Negatory. Eduardo Nunez? Does he have an edge? He's got a little bit of one, but that's he's got, not who he, I'm talking about. He's got a Ford Focus. He's got... <laughs> <laughs> I think he drives a Kia. Right. He's got, he's got a Sorento. A Kia Sportage. <laughs> yeah. Tooling around and you know what he does not have? What's that? An edge? No, no, no. What's What's up, Grandpappy? <laughs> That's so bad. How many I, different family members? Oh, it was, did all, you... it was awful. I mean, yeah. So uh, you were at? How's your week? First of all, and then we'll talk about the game today because I mean, just stirring moments at City Field today. Yeah. No, the, the week was good. You know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Since we left, uh, the Jets have lost the best defensive player ever to play the game, according to Rex Ryan. Right. Uh, uh, Darrell Rivas out for the year. Are, and I have to take the blame for this. This is on you? Correct. How so? Ask me what uh, jersey I bought before the season this year. Say, Steve, what jersey did you buy before the season? That's Darrell Rivas. Oh. Yeah. So, let me just let me just get this straight. You didn't own a Darrell Revis jersey before this year. Uh, that's correct. Okay, and and in a related story, Darrell Revis was never really injured. Never this year. I wore it week one. He got a concussion. Mm. I wore it week two. They lost to Pittsburgh. I I don't I don't suppose they had any Eric Smith jerseys hanging around. I, that's, <laughs> All right. My brother said to me, knowing the, the mush that I am when it comes to jerseys, my brother wondered aloud if uh, uh, Mike Tannenbaum had called me and begged me to get a Revis jersey, knowing that contract negotiations were upcoming <laughs> with Durrell. Did he call uh, me up and be like, you know what would really look good on you? 24, my friend. 
Number 24. Uh, so, and then I wore it for, uh, last week, and he tore his ACL. You wore it? I wore it again, yeah. I was thinking, here I am thinking that, oh, you know, they won week one. It can't possibly be you. I took it off the minute he got hurt and put the uh, the Dustin Keller on, my old standby. <laughs> my DK on, and they won the game. Did and, of course, down- Ke- Keller not playing in the game. Why? Because he's got a hamstring. But go. I've had the Keller for three years. The Keller is safe. How is that? I don't get that. He hasn't been injured majorly in those three years. But until he's injured. Year. But he's, he missed the game. He's injured now. Right, but I'm saying I hadn't been wearing the Keller jersey. The Keller jersey, the jinx is off. So what is it? So how does this work? We went to two AFC championship games with the Keller jersey. So how, so the player needs to actually get hurt in the same in the same year that you buy the the item. That's correct. And my history with this is such that I have actually been forbidden from buying jerseys for certain players. Let, well, hold <laughs> hold on a second. All right. Hold on. All right, sir. How did how did the greatest defensive player in the league sneak past that committee where they didn't forbid you to buy a Darrell Revis jersey? They figured it was a jersey, which for everybody out there, I keep That's saying right. this word and I invented it. It's a t-shirt jersey. A jersey. Um, that, a J- uh, how about a J-shirt? <laughs> J-shirt sounds like a dating service. I know. It's a it's a jersey, a t jersey. T jersey. Okay. Yeah. That's no good. Oh, it's fine. Um, but it's not a full jersey. Right. My, my jinx had always been full jersey. Well, it had been up until Keller. I thought I shook it with Keller. Right. What could possibly go wrong? Let's what get a Darrell Revis one. People begging me to get a Tebow one. Begging me. Of course. It doesn't work that way. I don't think. I don't think Happen. you can. I don't think you can. You can't will cause it. injury. Yeah, <laughs> you can't will it to happen. Right. <laughs> you walking. Why are you wearing a Tom Brady jersey, Steve? You're a Jets fan. <laughs> You've got them all layered. Brady. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm like I'm like I'm like Joey in that Friends episode where he wears <laughs> all of Chandler's clothes. <laughs> Could I be wearing any more jerseys? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Commando. So, so there was that. Yes. We, we lost Revis this week. We, well, let's well, not make it sound like we, we took a hill and we lost, you know, Sergeant Revis. That <laughs> was a little dramatic. We, uh, we lost Revis. Uh, I, although it does... Is this where I give my Emmy, uh, Emmy performance? Yeah, this is your, this is your clip. Best performance reading the injury of a player... On a podcast, the nominees are. We lost Revis. We lost a lot of good men that day. Oh, I'm so happy PJ kept the There Will Be Blood music. That, that's just, that's like we lost Darrell Revis in like a mining accident, though. That's that's not right. on a football field. It's like he, he tore his ACL like, uh, I don't know, in World War II on a beach in France. Okay, look. Saving so kids stranded in a, in a volcano eruption. That's, that's, well, speaking of 
uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, P.T. Anderson. I think it's time we we bring in the bishop, and then we'll go to the big the big uh, uh, big unload. Because it's time to bring the bishop in because there's a new movie out for P.T. Anderson. And I want to get his thoughts on it real quick before we jump into the big unload. So here he is, without further ado, direct from the studio in Manhattan, New York at IMG, the bishop, pop, culture, P.J. Gentlemen. Hi, hi, P.J. Wow. Wow. Well, nice, nice fade. <laughs> nice dissolve. Yeah. Have you seen the I master would... yet? No, no. Give me your thoughts. He hasn't seen it. I'm talking about in general. <laughs> that was that's not fair, right? <laughs> Have you seen the master yet? No. Give me your thoughts. There's on only not one. It. I have two children. Those are my thoughts on not seeing it. Well, I can't bring my kids, I would imagine. No. Uh, there's only one P.T. Anderson movie that left me wanting. Um, the one with Adam Sandler. Punch Drunk Love. That's it. I couldn't think of the name. Thank you. I'm. Re- you did not like that. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I just, I, you know, it was just kind of there. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Only saw it twice. Only saw it twice. Other ones have left me, you know, slack-jawed, uh, just transported uh, and completely amazed. So Punch Drunk Love was sort of a letdown. So still maybe a good movie, but not on the level of the usual PT work. Yeah, almost okay. felt like not a P.T. Anderson film to me. It's my, you know what, just discount me on that one because I just don't like Sandler, and you know that. Yep. Wow, you sound so apologetic, though. It's, yeah, not, like he's, it's the, not like he's our guest tonight. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's behind me, isn't he? Right. <laughs> he's right behind me, isn't he? And he's doing this. Right. He's right behind me doing Cajun Man, isn't he? <laughs> I can't wait to see the Master. I can't wait. You're dying, Cal. Any any thoughts on the Master? Will you? Uh, is that a rental? Yeah, that that'll have to wait until it's it's on demand. Right. Yeah, I and, think I think unfortunately for me too. Yeah. You oh, you mean like in the theater? No, dude, you I don't get go to, to that the theaters movie. unless I have my kids in tow. You know that. You it's going to be at least three more years before I see a movie in the theater. Do you do you not get sitters for your children? Never, never gotten one. That's that's uh, he's not exaggerating, Cal. So wait, so no. you've ne- wait that means you've never. Cal just calls a timeout like vigorously. But Cal Cal needs a timeout. I've already I've called two already in the first ten minutes though. Mm-hmm. I know. So I'm I'm done. You've without never gone out. You've never well, you've never gone out with your wife without the kids. Never left him with his sitter. I've dropped him off at the grandparents every now and again. Okay, so then, so but then I am then I as well. I have never left my kids with a sitter. Yeah, with a sitter unrelated. That's what you're saying. One time, my wife and I tried to go see a rated R movie. We left the kids. 
and we went to go see a rated R movie, and it was sold out, and we gave up after that. It was, you know. That was like uh, the the universe's way of telling you go home and be yeah, with your children. Pretty much. But it, do you guys have the people come over your house and watch the kids ever? Like you, like like the grandparents. Can the grandparents come over to your house and watch the kids? Occasionally. Cal, your your parents are like eight minutes away. Yeah, both both sets. Both um, sets, right? We, like if I walk out my front door and I look in two opposite directions, <laughs> there they are. Which is not as great as it sounds. Uh, it's it's all it's alternately awesome and terrible. Right. right. I would imagine it would be. But yeah, it depends. If, if it's a late night, like if we know we're going to be out, and that's like rare once. that it would be. Yeah, once a couple of years, they'll come. They'll come here. Okay. So that, they, so that the kids can sleep in their own bed, and then right. and then they go. But most of the time, we drop them off. But again, it's it's not a normal occurrence that we're you know going out tripping the light. Fantastic. <laughs> I wish you were. I wouldn't even know how to do that. I, I tell you what, though, PJ's kids have a couple of years on yours, and I, I can't ever you, remember you saying, PJ, we're going out on Saturday night, we're leaving the kids with a sitter. No. Can't even imagine we just, it. Yeah. And, and, uh, look, we have a good time when we go out with the kids. We take the kids out. Right. We do stuff. You're those people. You know? All right. We go places. I enjoy their company. We go see movies together, but I haven't seen a rated R movie in the movie theater in years. Well, I years. think it's time for you to see the master. How do you like that? I, I think enjoy. You and, I think it's time for you and the wife to have a grown-up night. Pay some high school kid, you know, pay my niece, you know, fifty bucks or forty bucks or whatever for the night, and go see a movie. It's time. I'm that's I'm I'm issuing a challenge. How do you like that? That's quite a challenge. This is the edict of Nance. Jim Nance. Hi, everybody. Jim Nance, TV. <laughs> <laughs> I right. like Maybe. when they go to bed and it's 10 o'clock at night and then I put on the movie I want. I have a nice big screen TV. I have not a bad stereo system. No, I got you. I got you. I, you know. Not a bad stereo system. Come on, dude. <laughs> That's like saying like, Cal and I are not into fantasy sports. I have a psychotically good stereo system. That's better. Thank you. That's better. Let's be honest with the people. Just because my it's radio, system was, just yes, because it's radio was, they, they can't see your nose growing. Let's be honest no. with the people. It was calibrated by NASA. It's yeah. true. <laughs> this is a little something I pulled out of Abbey Road Studios. It's fine. Fine. I like my music to sound good. I own audio products that other people have never heard of. Hey, nobody's nobody's taking it. We just don't, you know. Let's be honest. Modesty has never been a problem for you. No, <laughs> I know I'm better than everyone in the room, and that's how I do it. <laughs> I love me. Who do you love? <laughs> that's enough about me. How's my ass? Um. Well, Pete, it's good talking to you. I, it's uh, great talking I, to you. I. Can, one more thing on movies. Yes, please. I, I saw the preview, the long-form preview on a giant screen uh, for The Hobbit. Have oh. you seen that yet? I have not. Cal, will you it, be into The Hobbit? I said, Now I sound like Russo. No, I sound like Mad Dog. Will you be into the, the Hobbit there, Cal? 
Yeah, I'll watch true the story? Hobbit. Is that is that a true story? Is that a movie now? What's that about? Is that a true story about a a miniature a, hairy person? I think it's about a, a short person who lives uh, with the other gnomes. Okay. In a in a cave. True, true story, Mike. No, yeah, no, he's he's short. Yeah. What they use all sorts of CG or something in that movie? <laughs> Make them look short. <laughs> <laughs> Say something funny. <laughs> the Hobbit. Got to be a send up. Got to be. Randy Newman does short people. You know, right? Pete, you know, every time we say "got to be a send up," you know what we're referring to, right? I know you know the true story one with Mike and the Mad Dog. Do you know the "got to be a send up" one? No. So, Francesa sees Anchorman. Was it Anchorman? It was Anchorman, Cal, right? Anchorman. And he's talking about seeing Anchorman. And he took it seriously. And he's going, I, I saw this movie, this uh, Anchorman or whatever, with uh, Will Ferrell. Had to be a send-up. Like, he didn't get it was a parody. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be not, stand up. Not only did he not only did he not get that it was a parody, he was the one that was telling everybody that it was a parody. <laughs> right. Like he was the well, one you that gotta discovered. Know. He was yeah. breaking the news don't, that it right. was a parody. Don't don't be fooled. It's not really about Roger Grimsby. <laughs> this movie's not about Bill Bill Butel, okay? It, it looks not. Look, folks, nothing gets past me. I all right. How hey, did? I How did Bill Butel keep his job all those years? All he did was spit when he talked. Bill Butel kept his job, and we're talking about a local uh, Channel 7 anchor who was at least 106 on his last day of work. At least. Lip-smacking news with Bill Butel. <laughs> right. He, he was on Eyewitness News on Channel 7 our whole lives. Everybody's whole lives. I mean, he and Roger Grimsby, Grimsby was older. Sure. Grimsby, Grimsby used to look at Bill Butel and be like, "What's up, kid?" They were <laughs> old, <son>? reliable. <laughs> I think that's where it started. As a matter of yeah, fact, I think it was I Roger, Roger Grimsby. Right. I must call him Roger Grimsby. Roger, Roger's Grimsby. He was that old. He was as old as Rogers Hornsby. He was so old that his name was Rogers. It was before they dropped the S. <laughs> On the Roger. That's how old Roger Roger Grimsby was. That's also where well, they got leave leave the last S off for savings. That's right. <laughs> leave the last F off uh, S off Roger. Wow. I'm Sorry, with Rogers. Yeah. He, that's how old he was. That's how wacky. Roger Grimsby is the newscaster in Ghostbusters. In Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. That's right. Listening around the country. For our uh, our non New York listeners. Well, uh, good stuff, Roger Grimsby. Oh man. He was a he was a gruff sort. If you if you Google him, you'll you'll see some clips of him. Yeah. And he was really like old school. Should have been sitting there with a with a you know glass of scotch and a oh, cigarette they, hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, they. Oh, you know, you know the scotch and the ashtray were right under the desk. Oh, they were there. Right the desk. I mean, in in the in the seventies, the ashtrays were on the table, like we were yeah. on the news desk. <laughs> like he was he was smoking while listening to you know the the. The style guy or whatever, you know, whoever it was. Or listening to, uh, what's his Gene name? Shallot. Shallot. <laughs> Do movie reviews. Here's my review of Tootsie. Say it. 
Gene Shallot had a lisp, right? He had, he the, had a, the, a little bit of a lisp. Gene Shallot. I, I, I think it was Joel Siegel with the lisp, though. Joel Siegel. But you know what? I can never bag on Joel Siegel, and I'll tell you why. When he passed away a couple of years ago, somebody uh, there was a great, great quote from him about somebody had asked him why he didn't review theater. And he said, I would never have the heart to review theater because it's too instantaneous. And my review could really hurt somebody's career. He said, with a movie, if I give it a bad review, everybody's already been paid. The worst I'm going to do is maybe not make the movie any money, but at least the actor would have gotten paid. He said, he said, I, I can't, I couldn't live with killing a career for a theater actor. And I thought that was like, oh, man. Like, even when I say it now, I get the chills. I just think that's a guy who was a film critic, but he took his job seriously. And he understood the other the other part of it. Because film critics are so often, what? Frustrated actors. <laughs> Gene Shalit didn't say that, though, right? No. no. Oh, no. We could have a party with Gene Shalit. All right, good. With his mustache and the and the the war size lisp, <laughs> my, my my brother just texted me. I guess I guess uh, my brother's listening, uh, and uh, just texted in about uh, <laughs> he had a war size lisp. <laughs> Gene Shelley, I say go see Tootsie. <laughs> One word for Dustin Hoffman, Oscar. <laughs> Gene Shelley here. I'm doing a really bad mashup of every bad lisp ever. Okay. Hey, I just clapped. I'm, that, I'm, that means we're, we're switching gears. I'm switching gears. That's <laughs> Enough of Bill tell. Enough of Bill tell. That's the segue clap. All right, before we do the big unload, let's do uh, a little spot real quick for Blue Haven. Cal? All right. <laughs> so let's talk about tonight's sponsor. Sponsoring the show tonight, Blue Haven Sports Bar in New York City on Houston Street, bluehavennyc.com. Uh, if you want to watch the games this Sunday and you're in the New York area, you want to go to a sports bar where there are grown-ups, where you're, uh, they're not playing Pong in the back, where they're not, uh, you know, you're not embarrassed to bring your girlfriend or your wife. You're going to have food nice. You're going to sit down nice, watch sports then Blue Haven is the place to go. Uh, they have 15 screens. They have the big screens. They have food, Cal. They have good food. Not like just pub grub. They have good food. Uh, the bar itself is classic. It's a classic Irish bar. Uh, it's, it's a great place. Great place to watch games. Saturday, they have all the college nice. You know what, Cal? I got I to gotta see a UT game. That's a good place to go. A couple see. weeks, they got the old uh, Red River Rivalry. Ooh, Texas Tech? No, that's uh, OU. That's uh, U-T-O-U. Oh. Big game. O-U. O-U. See, if I said that in Texas, they'd lynch me um, <laughs> with the football. Well, you're safe here. Yes. But uh, I'm going to have to watch that game in a couple weeks. Maybe on Saturday, uh, Teresa and I will go there. We'll have something to eat. We'll watch the UT game nice. I'll do the hook'em horns thing. You know, I'm teaching Wesley that. He's learning the hook'em horns. I, I mean, I taught him the Jets chant. I have to give them something. Yeah. I have to give the Texas host something. Anyway, Blue Haven uh, is a great sports bar. Definitely check it out. Uh, with the playoffs coming up with the Yankees, it's going to be a great place to watch games as well during the week. 
They have specials going on all the time. They also have the English Premier League Soccer. So check it out. www.bluehavennyc.com. Go see Rory. Uh, go see Megan. Go see the folks over there. And we're going to be doing a live remote, I think, in two weeks, Cal. It's exciting. Tuesday, October the 8th, I think. We're shooting for live remote from Blue Haven NYC. we got to run that by the planning committees. Our respective planning committees. Right. But um, uh, anyway, check out BlueHavenNYC.com for details. Okay. And uh, and that music was a, a song called After the Night is Through from the uh, motion picture Fat by our buddy Mark Finney. Uh, you can uh, Google Fat the Movie or check it out on the Facebook page. Uh, search for Fat the Movie and uh, all the music is there too. It's a great song. Okay. Time... 28 minutes in, but who's counting? Right on schedule. <laughs> Time for the big unload. And we're going to go rapid fire now. I'm clapping, I'm clapping my fingers. You're excited now, aren't you? I'm a one-man band tonight. <laughs> All right, it is time for the big unload, and here's what here's what I'm going to bring to the big unload. Okay, so before you can even speak, Cal, for a change, I'm going to yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit on the sideline for this. Yeah, for a change, I'm going to take talk. a play off here. Why don't you uh, you sit out the next couple plays there, Cal? Maybe you should take a few plays off there, champ. I'm going to grab the clipboard. Have at it. When this is all over, we should get a place together. Oh, correction, before I do this, a couple weeks ago, when I referenced Die Hard, uh-huh. instead of Hans, I said Franz. You did? like to officially apologize for that one. Wow. The fly in the ointment, the pain in the ass. That's right, Hans. I said Franz. Clearly, Franz? clearly going with uh, Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon. And... <laughs> I didn't even realize you did that. Yes. Well, it's a good thing our quality control department is on is on the uh, on the QC. job. Yep, QC. Well, you can stop the letters and emails, folks. I got it. I made a mistake. Okay, enough. Oof. I was gonna do like a sports guy and just like uh, you know do a post with all the emails to my inbox, like he did the other night out with the replacement reps. There's Kevin Nealon fans that were, were mobilizing for a uh, writing com- campaign. Not to mention the Alan Rickman people. Those are not people you want to mess with. No. They weren't silent. They're very British. <laughs> they got downright Shakespearean on me in these emails. They're called the Dickman. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Da, na, 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 na. Thanks, Beach. If you say nothing else the rest of the show, you brought it home, brother. Good job, everybody. Um, Okay, so I want to read this. Uh, This is where I want to start the big unload, and we are going to go rapid fire and get into everything, but this is where I want to start the big unload. I got this text message today uh, from uh, someone we all know at uh, 4.13 p.m., and uh, it was uh, right after R.A. Dickey became the first Mets pitcher in 22 years in this topsy-turvy season for the Mets to win 20 games. On a home run by David Wright, who we also know has uh, been rumored to be leaving town and blah, 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 blah. So, in this season, I get this text. 
On opening day, the Mets fan walks into City Field full of hope. And we know it all didn't go the way it was supposed to. On closing day, the same fan walks in, but with a different hope. And somehow, through the wreckage of this season gone wrong, walks out with his hope realized. This game breaks your heart, but then sometimes it gives you exactly what you need without you even seeing it coming. Now, those are not the words of Mike Lupica. Those are not the words of Mike Vaccaro. Those are not the words of why even an Andy Martino or Adam Rubin. Those giants of the industry covering the Mets. Those are the words of Brian Calvey, my co-host, as he left City Field today when R.I. Dickey got his 20th win for the Mets in a 13-strikeout, 7-2-3rd inning performance. Cal, I have two questions. The first, I was listening to the game on the radio. Sounded like the place was great. Was it? Yes. Um, I've been there for a number of games. I wasn't, unfortunately, I wasn't there for for the Johan Santana no-hitter earlier in the season, which... I think we can all agree was would to to date would be the number one moment at City Field in the four years that the park has been open. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. No. Um, I've been there for opening days. I've been there for big games, Yankee games. Today, just it just felt a little bit different being there. Um, everybody was there. It, the, the reason why there were thirty thousand people in the stadium today. It was a, it was all very pure, and I I would be shocked if of those thirty thousand people, more than two percent of the people in that stadium weren't like huge diehard Met fans. Those are the people that went to that game today. You know, those are the people that went in in this in this awful season. You know, on a on a Thursday afternoon in a meaningless game in September. Those are the people that went to the game and, and, and cheered like crazy and, and stood up and, and, and called David Wright out for a curtain call, you know. And it was it was it was a special day there, you know. It was just kind of the season's been so bad, and all you all you hear about is how negative things are with the Mets, and people like to remind you that you know you think this was bad. Wait, it, it's going to get worse because they still have no money for next year. But today everybody was happy. You know, and it was it was just a really nice moment. You got to hear R.A. Dickey on the field after the game, just genuinely touched by the connection that he has with the fans. It was just, you know, everything, everything about the day today, other than John Rauch almost blowing it on his birthday, no less. Happy birthday, John Rauch. You're, you're booed off the field, probably for the last time in a Met uniform. Um, it was It was... What you heard on the radio was pretty accurate, and it was even even better in person. I think a couple things jump out at me. One, the idea of diehards uh, being there today. And let's face it, right now, I think the Met fan base is one of the more uh, beaten up, beaten down, um, pessimistic groups that probably exist in professional sports. The team has become a joke. Uh, there was even a joke about them on the newsroom. There's the famous family guy. You know, here's the first pitch of the season, and that's the end of the season. 
Um, they are a national joke. They are a joke in New York. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any hope. So this is one of the more beaten down fan bases. And you and I, a couple of weeks ago uh, on the show, I, I had my sort of psychotic break with Met fandom <laughs> in general. And you, you, you talked me through that. Um, so to have 30,000 people there in a season that really for its highest point when they were eight games over and tied for first place and ridiculously overachieving and Johan Santana threw a no hitter and they had the two best, you know, the one, two punch in baseball with Santana and Dickey and, and it all went so wrong. I mean, they went four and 25 at one point at home after the break, four and 25. They went 16 games without scoring three or more runs at home. Straight. That's like a record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for all that went wrong on the field, to have this day was really a testament to the spirit of the true Met fan. That is down as you get. You said today, you said something funny, Cal. You said to me, I'm a hypocrite. Like, here I, I bash the Wilpons over and over and over again, and then I go to the game today. But you didn't go to the game today because of the Wilpons. No. You went to the game to see R.A. Dickey. And I tried to, some backwards logic to get you to, you know, to, to make you feel better by saying, uh, what, if you put money, you give money to the Wilpons, you're really maybe giving money eventually to R.A. Dickey because they need, but, but that doesn't work because the Wilpons are just going to take it and put it in their pocket. Right. Or pay off. Numerous, you know, That's right. loans that they owe. I think there's a matter of exhaustion for the Met fan. Like even a guy like Howard Megdahl, who writes for what does he write for the Capitol or something, Cal? The Gothamist. Gothamist, maybe something like that. Um, and who wrote a book on the Madoff Wilpon scandal? Even also- this, even this guy, is like it's enough. We get it. I he, also, he also campaigned to be the general manager of the team. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah, that's that should go noted. Right. <laughs> it was, I think he was running on the Look at Me platform <laughs> for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Should be noted. Um, it's, an, it, it's, it's enough. Like I was reading a tweet. You know, he sent out a tweet tonight about an article about how they can't afford outfielders. You can't build an outfield on one-year deal. Okay, dude, I get it. I am exhausted with thinking about next year for this team, let alone just trying to finish out the last seven games of this year. Like, let it go. You don't know what the you don't know what the thing's gonna be. You don't know if it's gonna be ninety five. You don't know. Just enough. So, I'm glad you had that moment today. I'm glad I had that moment today. I was listening to that game like it was game seven of a freaking playoff series. It was a, it was a moment, and it just, you know, if you're not a huge Met fan, and I, uh, even, if you're, even if you're a good man, I mean, I'm not talking, you don't have to just be a diehard Met fan that bleeds the team's colors. You could be a good Met fan that, that follows them and sticks with them and, you know, doesn't always watch every game but checks in from time to time. If you were one of those, You'll get it about today. If you're not one of those, you don't understand what what went on today and what what it meant to the Met fans to and have that okay. day today. That's and that's okay. okay. That's okay. But 
you just have to take it with, when you're listening to this, and if you're not a Met fan and you're thinking, wow, these guys are really droning on about a meaningless game, big deal. <laughs> it, it is, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's a meaningless game. But to a Met fan, it meant a lot. Yeah, it's the same thing with Wright getting the all-time hits lead last night, you know, and getting and getting a base hit to take the all-time lead. You know, it's a big moment for a Met fan. That's why, you know, you immediately had people, LOL Mets, you know, right. got it on a swinging bunt. Wow, joke record. It was Ed Cranepool that he beat out. Right, or typical Mets. You know, he got it on a on a little bleeder in the infield. You know, Jeter got his 3,000th on a home run. You know, like, who cares? Seriously? Seriously. See, you know, everybody wants to, to put the, the Mets, especially here in New York, the Mets and the Yankees, and they always pit them against each other. And when you break it down, the two of them are just completely different worlds. They're really apples and oranges. They just happen to play baseball in the same city. I think they're apples and fungo bats. I mean, they're, they're, it's not even – you can't possibly there, – there's only one team or there's three teams in baseball that you can compare the Yankees to, you know, three or four. You know, the, like the original – like the Red Sox or the Cincinnati Reds, you know, or the White Sox, teams that have been around for 120 years. You know, you can't compare – you can't do that. You know, they're they're entirely different entities. They're entirely different fan bases. They're entirely different demographics. They're entirely different teams that it's happen like, to reside in the same city. The argument oftentimes is meant to diminish them. You know, don't, you know, hey, watch it, little Met fan. You're not in our league. And, and, yeah, we know we're not in your league. That's the whole point. We're in a different league. And when these things happen to this team, there are milestones, you know, David, you 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 said it best. You tweeted last night. Couldn't be more proud of a guy like David Wright owning that record. Yeah, as a, as a Mets fan, like that's I mean, a, that's a point of pride. He's the perfect guy to have that record. I mean, nothing against Ed Cranepool, but you know that that's not that it's an it's an embarrassment that Ed Cranepool had that record, but it's not something you pump your chest out about. Nobody's gonna walk who the hell is, Who the hell is Ed Cranepool? Nobody's gonna brag about that. Now people yeah. are gonna brag about David Wright. That's right. You, when somebody says to you, who's the all-time hits leader for your team, you, I don't have to say Ed Cranepool anymore. And, and, and have people be surprised that I even know who Ed Cranepool is, A. Then ask me who Ed Cranepool is, B. And then C, you know, it's sort of sheepishly, well, he played 17 years. He sort of hung around for a long time. The best part about Ed Cranepool holding that record was he held the record and then he didn't. Because he played at the same time as Cleon Jones, and Cleon Jones had more hits when he played with the Mets than Ed Cranepool did. But not for the Mets, though, right? Yeah, no, for the Mets. So Cranepool had the record, and then Cleon Jones came around and had so many more hits than Ed Cranepool as a Met that he took over the record. Oh, well, they were on the same team. Right, and then when he left, Ed Cranepool stuck around, and then he took the record back. Oh, my goodness. That's awful. Kind of well, anyway, again, last night was a big deal. Today is a big deal for us. In a season that's completely lost, I want R.A. Dickey to win the Cy Young Award. You know, yeah. I, I, want, I want David Wright to be the all-time hits leader for the Mets. You know, these are, these are nice things in a completely lost season. And I'm looking around the stadium today, and, I, and people are just, people were happy. And, and I don't remember the Mets fan being as happy as they were today since the no-hitter. Right. Well, the place hadn't sound like that since the no hitter. Thank no. you that much. And people, people really. I mean, you look. I mean, we were. 
I went with my brother-in-law, and we were talking to the people around us, and everybody, you know, everybody was just kind of like, all right, you know, season season is awful, but there's always next year, and we got a nice day today. We got a, a nice moment today, a couple of nice moments in the game. You know, within within the one game, you had Wright hitting the home run. You had Dickie uh, being taken out to a standing ovation. So it was just it was just really, it was a good day, and I, I don't know. Yeah, no. This look, we're we're good with the Mets. We're done. I, want I wanted to talk, to talk about it. Uh, you know, Adam Rubin was tweeting yesterday. We were joking about it. Was tweeting the Mets finances again. Like, dude, we get it. Okay, we get it. They're not going to call up the 2013 season because they, you know, you've done the math. We got it. They have a lot of money committed next year to the team. Yeah, yeah. let's let's just let, let the season end mercifully. And we're, and we're probably not going to talk about them now again until something until, happens until in the, off-season. the off season, right? And until. Uh, Ari Dickey maybe gets robbed about uh, the Cy Young. And maybe we'll talk about it then. But you know what? After everything that went on this year, it's nice. You, you kind of leave the, the year. The taste is not so bad in your mouth. No, I agree. Hey, Cal, we have a call about the Mets. Do we want to we take the, the risk and take this call? <laughs> I don't know. I'm being serious, Cal. I don't know who it is. Of course we do. This is live radio. This is exciting. This is uh, Elwood. Calling in wants to talk about the myths. Hello. Hey, what's up? Um, what's going hey on? Guys, I enjoy your show. I'm a Mets fan, but I live in Indianapolis, so you know it's always great to get some Mets news out here. Because you know when you live in the United Nations of baseball, you get a little bit of news from every team, so you get a lot of news from no teams. But um, right, you know, we were talking about this because I've got a few other buddies here that are Mets fans, and you know what's wrong with the Mets is they've got what we call in the Midwest White Sockitis. You know, where it's all about the Cubs and nobody cares about the White Sox. And it's like the same thing repeated on a bigger scale in New York. And you're always going to have one dominant team. But the problem with the Mets and the White Sox is their rivals are giants. I mean, the Cubs and the Yankees are like, you know, yep. the Liberty Bell or Mount Rushmore or the Indy 500 track. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're pure Americana. But I, it's like I don't know what the Mets could ever do to be top dog, you know, it's it seems like when a city has two teams, this always happens. And to a lesser degree, when a state has two teams, mm-hmm. not as much because you know, like, uh, like there's two football teams in Ohio, but they're on opposite ends of each other; they're yeah. hours apart. So, how much rivalry can you really have? I mean, there are people in those sit Cleveland that's never even been to Cincinnati, or probably, you know, or but right. even that way with baseball. But man, when you're in the same team, it changes the whole dynamics because yep. that's aren't that bad. David Wright's as good as anybody on the Yankees. The Mets just, they need to do some rebuilding. They need to not be afraid to write checks. The Wilpons need to lay, lay, you know, I mean, it wouldn't take much to make the Mets a good team like they used to be. And they just, but I think it's because of the White Sox-itis, you know. We're sure dog. We're not, because, you know, the White Sox, it wouldn't take much for them to be good. But, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a regional affliction because they call it Yankeeitis here. In right. New York. <laughs> right. And the great thing, the great thing, Owen, too, about you—you you mentioned about a couple of things. You mentioned a couple of great points. One I'd love to jump in on is uh, <laughs> people in Ohio uh, don't even—they're uh, all rooting for Ohio State, so it doesn't make a difference anyway when it comes to football. But um, you know, uh, on other ends of the state, because I went to school there and I know exactly what you're talking about. Like Browns fans really don't give a crap about Bengals fans; they care about Steeler fans. Well, um, then you have, oh, sorry. 
No, no, I was just going to say. But you have all it, of us in Indianapolis with red eyes glaring on how many baseball teams they have, and we don't have any. That's right. That's right. We'd be <laughs> happy to have United, one. And we're the United Nations of baseball. If you've ever been to Indianapolis, but you'll see every team on every person walking by you down the street. There's no oh, dominant uh, team here, which means we're ripe for a team of our own. Yeah. <laughs> but that's you right. know what they'll do? They'll wedge one more team in Vegas or put a team in Florida. Or, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll scratch their head and say, where's the most insane place to put a team? Oh, I know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, you know what's interesting to me is what's it like, you know, I, I have been to Indianapolis uh, only once to see a Jet-Colts game, which the Jets got mauled in. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, and that, was, that was wonderful. Sorry. That was back in the dome, yeah, in the RCA dome. Um, that was a good game. Oh boy, yeah, that was uh, that was. I think that was a boomer year. That might have been a boomer year. That might have been with the one in fifteen. Uh, I was I was heavily uh, sedated. I uh, but what's it like being a Met fan in a different well, town? Because we we only know it from the abuse that we take on a daily basis here well, in New York. Well, actually, it's in Indianapolis. You're basically whatever team your dad was. Because there's no real loyalty to any team. No team dominates. Right. And I asked my grandpa one time, I said, why are we all Mets fans? He said, oh, back in the day, Mets had a real good radio deal with all the Indianapolis stations. You could get every game. And I thought, wow, that's why I'm a Mets. It's as simple as that. Or, well, my grandpa was from Cincinnati or right. blah, blah. Or, you know, I started – or even younger guys are like, well, I got an uncle out in Phoenix, so I just started liking the Diamondbacks, you know. I mean, <laughs> right. So it, well, it, I mean it, – it, it, so that's the same here. That's the same here. I mean, we're we're both Mets. My grandfather was a Mets fan. My grandmother was a huge Mets fan because they were Brooklyn Dodger fans. So I mean, right. it's, you know, it's 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 a similar having, deal here. Having no team in the state, it just keeps. See, like with football, this mm-hmm. used to be kind of Bears country and different football. Then when the Colts came, it just slowly, slow. And now this is. I mean, the whole state bleeds blue. You know, that's I mean, it. Yeah, this, this is, it's all about our Colts. Screw everybody else. But with baseball, there's no team. It just it, it, the, the, the thing. Keep, it's, it's interesting how it all happens. But it's it's really hard to get any real news here. And to tell you what, ESPN's about worthless for getting news on a particular topic. You get a little bit of everything, and yeah. then you get Dan Patrick waxing about his wife having a baby, and then a little sport. <laughs> And then right. what? What McLovin's going to say in the boot? You know, it's it's you know, sports is getting kind of. I'm kind of glad for the internet because television sports is starting to lose it a little bit. Yeah, you know? that's, that's exactly why we started. Like, the show. Why, why are we? <laughs> they're playing a board game, and it's like. What? Yeah, I mean, you know, or you get Tebow 24 hours a day. Uh, uh, yeah, which it's like, ugh. you know, and it's, or it's what's Peyton doing? I don't give a who cares what Peyton's doing. <laughs> Right. You know what, Ray? You know what kind of record Peyton has? The exact same record as Andrew Luck. That's right. Hey, I was just gonna, we were just going to ask you about that too, if you don't oh. mind. A real oh, quick yeah. take on because uh, we were just going to switch to football anyway. And let's go because be- I want to talk about that Colts uh, Jets game coming up. Uh, what do what 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 do you make of the kid uh, so far? I, I mean, like him. It, I've been to every game he's played in Indianapolis. Okay. I was there when he won his first game. I went to all the training camps. I'm, okay. I think this kid looks better now than Peyton did at the exact same point. Is that I right? Mean, yes, the kid's got an arm. He's a team player, and I think he's a little more democratic than Peyton because Peyton seems like a really nice guy, kind of like a really cool uncle, but he's a Gestapo man. I mean, do it the <laughs> way or the highway. Yeah. And Andrew Luck, I can just tell on the field, he's a little bit more 
you know, yeah, how do you right. want to play this? How do you, I can tell because I mean I've seen paint just wail off on Jeff Saturday. You know, Jeff Saturday will oh. give an idea and wah, 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 you know, but I, 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 Andrew Luck was talking to people. I was like, wow. So I think in that aspect he's good, and the kid's got a rocket arm. I think we got a few years of rebuilding. Like that game with the Vikings, you know, there was no defense. I mean, the Colts should have had that. I mean, right. the Vikings are useless. I mean, useless. <laughs> and the, you know, and it's the Colts got a lot of weapons, but it's I don't know. They just can't gel. And now that Collie's out for the year, it's like yeah. Ooh, that but, poor guy. I think that that guy needs to retire. He really does. Well, you know, he's he reminds me of Bob Sanders because you know I yeah. loved Bob Sanders. Yeah, I love Bob Sanders jersey. But the only way I could ever see Bob Sanders tra- play was at training camp. And I'm not lying, and I'm not being funny. Bob Sanders missed more games as a Colt than he played. Oh, easily. Oh, definitely. It's, 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 a lot of people think I'm lying, and they look up the stats, and they're like, oh, I bet you by right. <laughs> It's like when yeah. I tell people, go look up Curtis Painter's numbers at Purdue, and go look up Drew Brees' numbers at Purdue. You won't see much of a difference. And people call me up, and they're like, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, don't ask me what happened. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, El, El, before we before we let you go, one more thing. Yeah, I want to know. And we'd love to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say we'd love no, to. I want to know how bad do you think the Colts are going to beat the Jets here coming up? I think you know what. As a Jet fan, early on in the season, uh, or or in the preseason stuff, when you're going through the schedule, and and I'll be honest with you, you know, taking a look at it, you had that game circled as a win because you figure Rex, you know. Rex sort of uh, has a way of, of handling rookie quarterbacks and stuff like that. He's going to design stuff. And you got Revis, and you shut down the field, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm not sure that this team can beat St. Mary's home for the you know for the blind right now. So they, I think it's going to be a good ball game. And, and I, I do, think too. You, I, I think I your team is going to come a lot faster than you think it is, actually. Because okay. I think oh, in the, I in the modern NFL, in yeah, in the, in the modern NFL, it doesn't take as long to turn a team around. It really doesn't, uh, especially well, you know, if the kid quarterback is good. Well, you know what's weird for us in Indianapolis is we've been like the cradle, I mean literally the cradle of basketball and IndyCar for like the world. I mean I can go anywhere in the world and they say, I, can, I was in China one time and they said, oh, Indiana, basketball, Indy 500. You know? right. And I'm like, but the weird part is we became a football town somehow. I mean a mega football town. And tell you what, guys, I don't like not being a mega football town. It's like yep. I'm so ready to get the dynasty back. You'll be back soon. Hey, Elwood, give us a shout uh, the week the Jets play the Colts, okay? Oh, yeah. I'll call in and help console you when Andrew left <laughs> carves those Tebow up. <laughs> Thanks, Elwood. Take care. Jets' great haircut can't save him. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Take care. All right. So that was Elwood checking in from Indiana. That inspires music. <laughs> you okay there? You just testing some stuff out there? He had a caller. He didn't know what to do with himself. He's, he's got. I have music. I, I was gonna. I was gonna play him off, but then, and then the button didn't do anything for twenty seconds. And guess what? It, it came in after he logged up the phone. I made apps. I got apps. And PJ's like, we we got a guest. We got a call in. I don't even know. I have carts here from three years ago. I was so ready to do it, and then, oh, Google Chrome, you did it to me again. Yeah, good job, everybody. Well, uh, seriously, thanks to Owen for calling in, and and uh, we rarely we rarely get and or take calls uh, on the show when we're doing it live. But Owen called in, great Mets call, and uh, that was fun, Cal. A Met fan in Indianapolis, <laughs> and, and and apparently not a transplanted. That's Met correct, fan either, which is right. kind of cool. 
born and bred. I got to say this before before I, before I get off. Hold on, I got to say this. Elwood. And for love's sake, <laughs> solid. Solid. He gets a definitive solid. Oh, without a doubt. Um, no, I, I, that that was wonderful. Thank you, Elwood, for for giving us a shout. And it, it's interesting, Bry, having lived in a number of different places in the country and always been a Met fan. Uh, and he's he's not a transplant, clearly. Um, it's so much easier to be a team, to be a fan from a team of out of market now. Like, right. he, he told us why he's a Mets fan, because it was probably WHN, or who even knows, like maybe WOR Radio. Uh-huh. Had a deal in Indianapolis, and they used to broadcast the Mets games, and they have no team. You know, who knows if that was like in the 60s when Seaver was pitching or something. You know what I mean? Like when the Mets were winning the World Series in 69 or something like that. Right. But now, it, it's easy to be a fan out of market. You know, you get the MLB package, you watch every game. You get the NFL ticket, you watch every game. You get the NHL uh, center ice, you watch every game. You know, it's 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 good. But you know what he doesn't have to deal with every day? Adam Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't have to read Andy Martino every day in the Daily News. Ugh. And he's got the internet. He said he hit the nail on it. He can go to Mets blog. He can go to, you know, uh, you know, if he was a Jets fan, he could go and turn on the Jets or the Jets blog or whatever. He could go to Patrick Flood's blog. All these nice, safe havens for fans. He doesn't have to go to the Daily News. He doesn't have Adam Rubin tweeting him three minutes ago that uh, Gio Gonzalez has improved to 21-8. and eight. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, you know, have fun with R.A. Dickey, but, but Gio Gonzalez he's not going to win. First win. Right. Oh, what? Adam Rubin, oh. Met, Met beat writer, tweeting Washington national results. Right. Don't get so high. Don't get happy. Oh, what a. Oh. But you're just being oversensitive because these are facts. Yeah, it's our fault. Anyway, he he segued us beautifully into football or uh, baseball uh, breaking. Do 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 do. What Spoiler happened? alert: The Yankees got shellacked tonight, six to nothing. In Toronto. In Toronto, Brandon Morrow. Wow. Pitches the shutout, seven shutout innings. Uh, these teams are are playing. That's I correct. thought that I thought they were just going to kind of roll over and let the Yankees cruise to the Ivan Nova, uh, not uh, the stellar outing that you want, and the Yankees got five hit tonight. So they will now enter their final six games of the season, one game up on Baltimore. One game up and one in the loss. They had a, they had two in the loss column until tonight because Baltimore is off. So now it's just a straight one game lead on Baltimore with six it, games to go. It's just a street fight. It's a question of who wants it more. Now, both teams will probably make the playoffs. Yes. Can we say that at this point? Or are the Angels still nipping on their heels? The Angels, with a golden opportunity to gain ground tonight, got shellacked by the Mariners. Very difficult loss for the Angels. All right. So they're, what, three out? And the Rangers beat the uh, A's. So um, Rangers beat the A's this afternoon. Yeah, the, so. a- the the Angels had a chance to catch a game on the A's and the uh, Yankees and the Orioles had a ga- chance to catch a game on everybody and they lost. All right, so you're up to the minute standings, just so we can. Yeah, no, this is this is huge because the Yankees, 
Cal, this year, because of that little wild card thing, right. you don't you need to win the division. You do not want to play that one game wild card playoff. So I think right. we can safely say that the Yankees will be in the postseason. Yeah, the Yankees are four the Yankees are four games on the Angels who would be the closest team right. to catch Which them to go. Right. So they're probably okay there. So uh, they have three left with the Blue Jays and three left with the Red Sox, the Yankees. That's right. The A's, I think, play like another. They have three more left with the Rangers, and then I think three with like the Angels. Three with Seattle. Or three with Seattle. Okay. And then what does Baltimore have? Baltimore is going to get three with the Red Sox. And three with Tampa Bay. And I think they finish with Tampa Bay. Tough. That's tough. And Tampa Bay is only two and a half out. Tampa Bay, right, tied 2-2 right now in the bottom of the seventh. All this says, Cal, the Yankees have a one-game lead on that wild card spot. That's what it's all about. Uh, for the Yankees, that's right. You don't want to have to be in that one-game playoff. No, and no. <laughs> no At all. Sorry. Yeah. Now, do the Red Sox have anything in the tank for those three games? Well, I think the Yankees have got – I think they've righted themselves. Do you feel like they've righted themselves? Yes. Uh, no, I will say this. Let's not throw too many bouquets at Andy Pettit and CeCe Sabathia until they face a major league lineup. Okay, because what they faced the other day against the Twins? Come on now. Come on. Come on. That's not a major league lineup. Hey, you can't apologize for the schedule you're you're given. So it has nothing to do with the schedule. I'm just play, not ready to say, I'm not ready to say Andy Pettit's all the way back when he's facing a triple A team. Okay? We'll We're I, gonna see. He's gonna I, pitch in the playoffs. We're gonna see how, how how all the way back he is. I'm I'm just look, if if I have to take crap as a Mets fan about uh you know beating uh you know Johan Santana beating the San Diego Padres and they have a minor league team or or the the or the the Rockies sweep them four games and it's a minor league lineup. Well, I I'd like to say a little something about CC Sabathia and the Twins and Andy Pettit in the Twins lineup because there's one major leaguer in that lineup. That's Joe Maurer. Right. And he sat one of the games. I mean, come on now. You know, it's fair. I just want to see I I just I'm not ready to declare him back, that's all. I want to see him pitch against Detroit. You know, and have to get out Miguel Cabrera three times in a game. Well, you're gonna, you may very well see that in the playoffs, or Anaheim, or Texas, because the Tigers have got hot at the right time too. Did you see Doug Fister today? I did not see him. What did he do? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't my turn to look out for him. Obviously, you didn't see him. He right. struck out nine guys in a row, and he and he set an American League record. Oh, nice! Nine you, straight batters with a strikeout. Seaver still has the uh, major league record, correct? Right, he's got ten. That's allowed, right? Or, uh, yeah. He can have a record. Is, is it allowed for Tom's? Okay, just checking. It's okay. Yeah, just making sure. Uh, boy, I'm not. I'm not sensitive at all. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, an, I'm not an uptight, sensitive Mets fan at all. No. Come on, today's a good day. What is your gut? Uh, what is your gut? Well, I gotta stop with. The, we gotta stop with the gut. We've been doing that too much lately. My it's be- gut. It's becoming our gun to the head. I was just gonna say gun to your head. Yeah, it's becoming our truth serum. We gotta stop. All right. You're looking at this. So what's my gut? Eh, what can you make of it? <laughs> what it, What do you want me to make of what? Do the Yankees? Uh, all right, I'll do it in question form. Do the Yankees hold on uh, to the division? 
I will answer that question with a question. Nice. And I'm going to pass on my answer. I'm going to throw it at you. <laughs> wow. That, was a little, that might have been a little more complex than it needed to be. That was a lifty loo. That was a little screw it back at me. Okay. Um, I think they do hold on to the division by a okay. game. All right. By one game, you think that yeah. the, the way that it is now is the way that it will end? I think the way that it is now is the way it'll end. Yes. Okay. I think it's I think it's too tall in order to expect Boston to do anything in that series. Well, in the two series, if you think about it, the Red Sox finished their year with three against Baltimore, three against right. the Yankees. Exactly. And I and I can see Baltimore. I can see Boston wanting to get a little payback on Baltimore for last year. Right. So I can see them tuning it up more for that series than they would for the Yankee series. Okay. Because let's remember who kept Boston out of the playoffs last year. Absolutely. You could argue that that helped propel them this year. Uh, people have argued it. Right. I've seen it argued. The way that they finished. Yep. Um, do you think the Yankees can catch the Rangers? They're two games behind the Rangers. For, for the, the overall record? Yeah. Two games back. they got to play two games better than the Rangers over the next six games. No. Okay. No, I do not. I think it's going to be the Yankees win the East. I think Detroit is going to win the Central. Um, I, I do. I think they're, what are they, a game back? They're a, Detroit is a game and a half up. De- Detroit's game and a half up. I think they hold on. That's what I meant. Sorry. Okay. Um, I think uh, Texas uh, holds on in the West. They have, what, like a three-game lead on Oakland? Texas is up four on Oakland. Four on Oakland, right. And they won tonight. That They went up four tonight. They went up four because they beat Oakland. Right. So uh, now the wild card, you have Baltimore and Oakland in the yep. wild card, and the Angels are two back, Tampa Bay is two and a half back. Tampa Bay has won seven in a row. Yeah, Tampa Bay could... You know, when they say getting hot at the right time, yeah. you can't script a more right time. And they did it last year. And they did it last I year, I mean, they too. did this exact same thing last year, where they made the playoffs on the last day of the season. So Coming Tampa, back from like seven runs down against the Yankees in like the seventh inning. So I'll give you. I'll tell you. Who Tampa's playing. Tampa. Clo- Tampa actually closes the season against the Roy- uh, the Orioles at home. So so they may have a little destiny in their hands. It may come right down to that. Before that, they're going to play three games against the White Sox. Right. They're playing the White Sox tonight. So, so it's a four-game set. They're 2-2 in the bottom of the seven. Right. So four games against the White Sox, three against the Orioles. Yeah, I, I can't see them getting there. The Angels have three against the Rangers and three against the Mariners. Could you see Oakland falling apart here? Oakland has three left with Texas and then three with... The A's have three against uh, Seattle... And then they close with the three against the Rangers, and the Rangers might have everything locked up by then. But they're they're playing the Rangers tonight. Was that the end of a series? At the end. That's the end of the series in Texas. Oh, okay. Beginning oh, of the series. Boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oakland could fall apart here. But they close in Oakland. They close final three games in Oakland against the Rangers, who will probably have everything locked up at that. point. Who might not have anything to play for? Right. That's so, what you got to hope if you're the A's. By the they're, time they're sitting Beltre and they're sitting, uh, I mean, uh, they're sitting Hamilton and they're sitting, you know, they're sitting their guys. Right. Oof. It's tricky, and you and what's also going to be tricky is the way that these teams approach that final series, if they are fighting for a wild card spot, because you might want to save your best pitcher for the one game playoff. That's the thing. The teams chasing can't though. 
But what do you do? It's in the last game of the season. You can't. You can't. The team's chasing can't count. You got to. I mean, if you're Tampa Bay and and it comes down, you got to pitch Price. But the good. But what's great about this is that everything is so tight that the final two, like the two teams, might both be fighting for it on right. the last day. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. Tampa Bay and Baltimore playing each other. They might right. both. They might. They might both have to run their asses out there just to get to the game. Could essentially be a playoff series. Oh man! You think about it. We may get that. We may get another really good day. I can't look. Last year was no. You're right. How could you? How could you possibly be beat that? Last year was a once every hundred years. I mean, it was. You, and and now that they've changed the playoff format, you'll you probably will never get that again. I don't think you can. I mean, it was just. We had, were lucky enough to do a show that night, and then we got off doing the show and, and talking about, oh, this could be a great night of baseball, and then we're like texting. You. That was magnificent. That was one of the better nights of baseball I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I agree. And it's fun. and the Mets were nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found on that night. Just but, a testament to how much we love we love baseball. And you know what? That night pretty much was the impetus for what we got this year with the with the second wild card. Exactly. They're trying you know, to recreate it. I don't know if they're trying to recreate it, but they're trying. They, they said, yeah, that was great last year, and we lucked into that. Now let's set something up where the possibility always exists to have that. I know you had a good time. I'm trying to find out if the whole neighborhood knows you had a good time. Okay, Major League Baseball, I'm trying to find out if our friend Mitch here had a good time. I'm, I'm messing with you guys. <laughs> awesome. I had an awesome time. Uh, okay, so there, there we go with the... Uh, that's exciting stuff, Cal. I, you know, now um, now uh, R.A. Dickey got his 20th win. David Wright having a great season. Ike, 31 home runs. All very nice milestones. I hope they beat the pants off the Braves this weekend. That would be lovely. Just to just to make the Braves sweat something. Well, then nothing to sweat. They've clinched a playoff spot. Right, but they've only clinched a wild card spot. They're still four games back in the division. They still could uh, get the division because they play the... The Nats, don't they? No, they I thought played they the played the Nats the last three games of the season. Oh, maybe. But anyway, it beat the pants off them anyway. How'd you like to ruin Chipper Jones' celebration tomorrow night? That's good enough for me. What so, would that do for you? <laughs> that's what I'll, I will sign for that. Right. Do you have that in a ruin Chipper Jones celebration night? Yeah, I think we have that in a, a defecate on the uh, <laughs> uh, rocking chair that he gets. Because <laughs> I'd like to sign for that if you have one of those. Would that interest you? Maybe key, key the car that he gets? How'd you like that? It'd be great if David Wright runs out there, like, keys his car. Puts a banana in the tailpipe. Right. <laughs> now, David Wright would never do that. He loves he loves Chipper Jones. Yes, I know. I know. And he's going he's gonna to be the next third baseman for the Braves. I don't know if you heard that. That's right. Oh, right? oh that, was, that was before he's going to be for the Yankees. No, 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 no. The Mets are trading him to the Yankees. Oh, they're going to trade him to the Yankees? Yeah, they're going to pick up the option. He's oh. not going to want to sign an extension. Okay. And a Yankee fan, a uh, friend of mine, said, uh, here's the trade. You ready? Here's what I proposed. I said, sure. Okay. I said, sure. We want Gardner, Bant- uh, Batances, or Benuelos, one of the two killer bees. Okay. And uh, we want uh, August Romain, <laughs> Augustus Romain. Yeah, we want the catcher, too. That's yeah. that we'll make that trade. Did he balk at that? He sent back Gardner, uh, Gardner, 
Robertson, and uh, oh, it was really insulting. Really insulting. Yeah, I'm going to take an eighth inning guy. Uh, yeah, give me back an eighth inning guy. See, I see. I heard he's going to go to the Braves because it's closer to his Virginia home. He sent me back. <laughs> wow, that. Oh no, I'm sorry. He sent me back Gardner, Cervelli, and Boone Logan. Oh, not even Robertson. Not even Robertson. Boone Logan, Logan. Uh, a lefty specialist. That's right. For David Wright. And people wonder why I have what has been <laughs> described very recently as a Texas-sized chip on my shoulder about the Mets and the Yankees. And he was dead serious. He thought I was being sarcastic with my trade offer. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's a good Yankee. This is a, this guy's a good a friend of mine. He's a good Yankee fan. Just shows you. And I said, well, what are you going to do when you get David Wright for uh, Boone Logan and uh, Francisco Cervelli? So what are you going to do with A-Rod? Full-time DH, I guess? Yeah, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll let Wright DH every once in a while. Give him a break. Oh, yeah, Wright. 30 That's years good. old. He needs a break every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh boy! No thanks. Hey, how about those Jets? Hey, how about the Jets? Is that what we're? Is that? Oh boy! I think we're good with the baseball. I feel good about it. I'm looking forward to next week, the last yeah, week of the season. Yeah, me too. And we're moving the show to Tuesday night next week, right? Right. Programming notes. Set your DVRs. <laughs> You're gonna wind up with uh, Grey's Anatomy. If you, you said that with a straight face. Yeah. Well, look, it's the fall season. There's there's a lot of. I mean. You go around, people have these DVR stories, you, they lose their mind. They think they're recording one thing, some shows start earlier or later, you miss the ending of a show. Right, and now every like NBC show has the little nugget after the credits. That's right. If you don't set the DVR for three minutes after, but then you got to get Community, and then you got to get 30 Rock, it's a big problem. It's a big problem, but did you see what, what, what they did with the Sunday night games that have to, when the football affects it? What they used to do is they used to just, like, shoehorn 60 minutes in there whenever the game ended. Yeah, no matter what. Didn't matter. If the game ended at, like, 7.38, 60 minutes would start at 7.39, and whatever show was on after 60 minutes started at 8.39. Right. Right? So if it had to be 60 minutes, it's right there in the name. <laughs> what are you going to do? How so, long is the show? And I this, can't answer that question. This affected my wife to such great proportions that I mean she hates football as it is. Yes. But this is one this is one of the reasons why she can't stand it. It's on her manifest of of why she hates football. It's a die it's a, a really heavy I look forward to reading that. It's not light reading. She should she should send that over because 'cause I'm sure Teresa probably wants to browse through it. You might want to <laughs> Should put the footnotes in. <laughs> Block off some time for this one with because the, with the highlighter, she's, she's going through this. It's all annotated, right? But the last one of one of the things that she watches the Amazing Race. Oh boy, that fantastic reality show where you know about globe trotting friends. Careful, my in-laws love that show. Careful. No, it, it, I you know, I I used to watch it religiously. I've kind of, I've kind of grown out of it. Moved on. I've moved on. But she watches it all the time. And Amazing Race is scheduled for 8 o'clock on Sunday evenings. Right. You know, the way that the, the schedule works, 60 minutes at 7, Amazing Race at 8. Okay? The, the, the 4 o'clock game never ends at 7 o'clock. Especially now that they've changed the, the 425. And the, four, the 425 one has no chance of ending. There's no chance. So 
what would happen is she would set the Amazing Race on the DVR, and the next day she'd put it on, and it would be over within like thirty minutes. Right. Because you got to record the show after. You got to record the show after. So now what they've done is they've set it up so that when you record the Amazing Race on the DVR, it's whenever it plays. That's right. Right. If you right. set it, if good you job, it, everybody. So they fixed it. Yeah. She's much happier with that. Still hates football. <laughs> Still hates football. That's that's has, has no use for sixty minutes. No. Does anybody really anymore? You know what we should. I think my father watches sixty minutes. Oh, my dad. Somebody does. Somebody's dads are watching that. Yeah. Let me. You know what we should have though that we're moving to Tuesday nights. We need one of those really bad like old NBC promos. And now, <laughs> Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is on Tuesday nights. And it's us, like, turning to the camera or doing, like, the... Even though it's all, we're not on video. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't... We should still do one. Right. We should still do one. <laughs> you remember those? Like, and now Night Court's moving, and Night Court's moving to Sunday night. Right. And then they'd show, like, a little clip. Right. It'll be... Or they would do a live, like, hey, we're moving to Sunday night. Right. That's cool. I guess the network doesn't know what to do with us. Right. We should do one of those. Like, yeah, all uh, Bosom Buddies is moving to Thursday night. <laughs> like, so for like a second, you're worried. Where's it going? The gang of cheers is moving. <laughs> what? To a new bar? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just to a new time slot. It reminds me of the, they, they play them all the time now on the radio, like for the new fall season. They do these radio promos, and the, and it's like, oh, here's so-and-so and so-and-so to talk about new fall show, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they, the two of them, like, completely overact. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They have the Vegas one. Yeah. That's, by the way, Vegas, uh, Scott and I have decided is going to be the uh, the show that's promoted to living hell during football season. Oh. Like, we're just going to get so enough with Chicklets and enough uh, with right. Vegas. We got it. We're not Vegas. watching it. We got the premise. But, yeah, the Vegas one is terrible. Like, he's uh, now in 60 seconds. They'll talk about Vegas. I right, play a sheriff. I play a gangster. <laughs> you should watch the show. What? When, when did, when, who decided this was a good marketing idea? Right. And it's like, wow, you know, now that I've heard that promo, let me go set that up to record because these guys are witty. Michael Chiklis is a gangster. Sign me up. It's funny. It's just so it's so awkward to listen to because oh, like terrible because they're trying so hard because they know you're not you don't you're not looking at them, so they're <laughs> overselling it because it's just audio. Then <laughs> and apparently none of them have any idea how to do radio. That's right. It's not that you know you and I are going to win a Marconi anytime soon, but you know we're also not professional actors. I play a high-powered advertising executive, and this guy over here is my slovenly best friend. <laughs> well, slovenly is a little bit much, but I am pretty wicky. Wednesdays will never be the same. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Vegas one sticks out to me because it's on WFAN like every eight minutes. And well, when, now, now that we've talked about it, you're going to hear it. <laughs> there it is. The greatest promo of all time. Hey, join me on Wednesday nights. I get into a lot of trouble, and this guy here bails me out. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> That's what theirs would be. 
Hey, join us on Tuesday night. I play a grumpy sports writer who's really a slob. <laughs> Divorced grumpy sports writer who's a slob. And I play a really clean guy who's also divorced, and we're forced to live together. Can you get the feet off the table, please? <laughs> right, well, and you're listening. Wait, what? Wait, he's got his feet on the table? Right. No, I, I, can't, I can't see what they're doing. Why are you telling me? You idiot. It's Linguini. Now <laughs> it's garbage. Um, okay, football. Uh, and then we, we, we want to do the fun look. Um, a couple things with the Jets, Cal, that stuck out to me. You know how I had the psychi- uh, psychotic break with Met fandom two weeks ago? Yeah. I think Jet fans collectively had theirs on Wednesday. Yesterday. It was crazy. Uh, yesterday. I really thought it was going to be due to Tebow, too, and it wasn't. It was Joe McKnight moving to cornerback. That's it. Pushed everybody over the edge. You would have thought that Rex Ryan went up in his press conference and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay, Tebow, Tebow is not only the starter, he's the head coach. I'm going to go ahead and step down. Sean Green is going to get every carry, and I mean every carry, because we're never going to throw the ball again. <laughs> Here's the other thing we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to play 10 guys on defense, because I'm that good of a coach. Now that we, I mean, you would have thought, all he said, it was a move that's been three years in the making with Joe McKnight. Bill Belichick does this stuff. People don't even blink. He's using Julian Edelman at a, at a corner. The guy's never even played defensive back in his life. Scott, uh, Joe McKnight was recruited as a defensive back. This is not some ridiculous panic move. I mean, everybody just calm down. Wow. Wow. I mean, it, it was, the, was the win, which has been described as the ugliest win in the history of football, uh, by the way, several times. That bad? Yeah. Was, wow. the, was the win that bad? I heard that they didn't even get credit for the win. <laughs> it was it was such a bad, like, they had to give that win back and right. lose a point. I, I just, I, I have never seen a, I'm going to go ahead and say that. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say I have never seen this team like this and the coverage of this team like this and, this is another fan base that is uh, uh, has a chip on its shoulder. Is makes Met fans look optimistic. Let's be honest. Sorry, nickel no. in the jar, but it's the truth. They make Met fans look optimistic. I mean, they, this is the most pessimistic. I mean, they coined the same old Jets. Okay, SOJ is like a, an understood abbreviation or acronym on every Jet message board. Like, you go on a jet message board and you type, and by the way, I'm not SOJ, everybody knows what you mean. Or if you type, I'm not a Darksider, this is a fan base that has a vernacular completely their own about being pessimistic. And I have never seen a week like this week. I've never seen anything like it. Off like, a win. Off a win! I know. Now, I... You can't feel, I mean, it's hard to feel good about the win, though. Right, I, I I long ago, long ago stopped. When it comes to the NFL, stopped apologizing for a win. Nobody is saying you have to apologize for the win. 
I, I feel good about every win. If they win the game, I don't care. If they win 2 nothing, and it's the most disgusting football game you've ever seen in your life, there's 16 weeks. So you have the ability to separate week from week. You don't Absolutely. Feel, you don't feel that because they struggled in a lot of areas against Miami that there's the possibility of them struggling like that against a better team. Absolutely. Okay. Does that does that mean that I think they're not going to struggle that way? No, not necessarily. But you, but they're they're separate games to you. Separate every week is like an a episode of a season in a TV show, a sixteen, you know, episode season of a TV show that series, and every week is a different episode. There's a different villain. There's a different hero. There's a different character. There's a different. You know, you have some consistency. You have recurring characters. What about those arcs? Those three episode arcs. You have you have three episode story arcs, sure. Where you they've know, had one. They've had one for the first three games of the season. Right where the defense can't stop the run. Sure. That's sure. like a that's like a sweep sweep uh, in November. It's you know defense can't stop the run. But does that mean they're going to do that for the rest of the season, Cal? No way. Not in the NFL. No way. No way. It's 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 you know. I think you might be in the minority. I think a lot of people worry that that's something that's going to happen. Like that becomes right. who they are. But all I'm, uh, all all I feel is very specifically with this Jets team as it's constructed with the coach that they have, and we're not talking about a rich Kotai team here. We're not talking about 1995. I mean that team was terrible. You knew that team was going to lose every week. Okay, this is not a terrible team at all. Is it a mediocre team? Probably. But in the current NFL, any team can beat any team any week. And I think every week is its own separate entity. I really do. Now, now you make a great uh, – you took the analogy to a great step with the three-season arc they, or, or three-episode arc or whatever, the story arc. Right now, that's a story arc for the Jets. They have not been able to stop the run. But they're they're two and one. Does that mean they're not going to be able to stop the run for the whole season? I doubt that. I think they get this fixed. They haven't been able to run the ball successfully. Well, they also played the two best running defenses in the league, in Pittsburgh on the road, and then Miami, who held the Raiders to 22 yards rushing the week before, and Houston in week one to 83 yards rushing. So does that mean they're not going to be able to run the ball for the rest of the season? No, I don't think you can say that. Is there a chance they might not, Cal? Maybe. Well, there's a chance anybody. I mean, if, if the way that you talk about each individual game is is kind of isolated from from the others. Any team has that possibility. No, and and certainly you can see trends with a team as the season starts to develop. You can see which teams are going to be good, which teams are going to be bad. But I just meant in terms of every week, to me, is a separate episode, and. If you win the episode, I don't care how ugly the story was or how crappy the episode was. If at the end of it I won, that's a, I, I could care less. The episode goes away for me. It's a win. Okay. They're just too hard to come by. I get that. And, you know, I, I look, I think they're going to get pasted this week, personally. I really do. It's not a good matchup. It's not only is it not a good matchup, it reeks to me of when they lost Jim Leonard in the week leading up to the New England game. It, it just it smells so much like that to me. 
where they lose this team leader and they're saying all the right things and they're saying they're having great practices and this and that, and they just come out there without one of their inspirational leaders and they just get waxed against a good team. Well, then they need to do a wedding episode. They do need to do a wedding if they do If they do a wedding episode right before the wedding, then the important character will come back and say something amazing. <laughs> they need and to keep virginity. That's the episode we need to have. Yeah. You could have a will they won't they episode where, where Tebow and Sanchez kiss. <laughs> wow. That, that's you're you're talk you're you're not talking about a ratings bonanza, you're talking about finale of MASH here. Okay. That's gonna that's gonna make the finale the MASH finale or the Seinfeld finale look like peanuts. But anyway. Which episode has the birth? <laughs> When do they bring on a younger sibling? When does Brian, when does Brian Bonsall get here? <laughs> the precocious tight end. Right. <laughs> Look, I, I I don't I don't know if it's not a great matchup for them, Cal. This week, the first week without Revis. And and I'll tell you why. Do they have a dominant wide receiver? That scares you? No, but they get a dominant tight end. That's fine, but they had a dominant dominant tight end when we had Revis. Yeah, I know. Saying without Revis, right, right? No, you're right. Would you rather be playing the first week without Revis, the Houston Texans and Andre Johnson, or would you rather be playing San Francisco 49ers and Michael Crabtree and 38 year old Randy Moss? But that's okay. Houston comes next. That's next week. That's fine. You have a week under your belt to sort of figure out what you're doing. The other thing that I I said. Uh, and I was uh, and I was talking to a friend of mine about. I want to get your opinion on this, Cal. Could it? Could they have gotten lazy on the defensive side of the ball with defensive play calling? In other words, could this make? Could this reinvigorate reinvigorate the play calling uh, uh, for Rex Ryan and Mike Pettin uh, on the defensive side of the ball? Have they been spoiled? Maybe a little bit by Darrell Rivas. You know, Francesa, for all his warts, and he has many, uh, made an interesting point this week when he was bashing the Jets. And, you know, again, and merciless, and have fun with it. Knock yourself out. They're a circus. Fine. Uh, and they have no identity. We got it. He said that defense hasn't been incredible since the first eight or ten games when Rex took over. Because nobody knew what they were doing. Because they were scheming ridiculously every week. And because, and he didn't say this, but I am taking it a step further. You didn't know what Revis was yet. You didn't know that Revis was the dominant corner yet. At that point, when no, the first that, over? No, it was that season where he really asserted himself as the best corner in football. So every week, like, the game plan was magnificent. You just saw blitzes and fake pressure and simulated pressure, and they got pressure on the quarterback with different blitz schemes. Could this be a Jet fan reaching? Maybe. But I think from an X's and O standpoint, they're going to have to get creative again, game plan-wise, every week. And they've got to get pressure on the quarterback, Brian. I believe that. I, I believe that they did get a little lazy. And they just figured, let's you know, we've got the best defensive player in football, and let's just throw them out there, and and, and they'll do what they do. Yeah, you know, and I think Rex made his bones on being a creative defensive coach and coming up with schemes for specific teams 
and specific scenarios and, and, and game planning for different personnel that they were going to see. And I don't, I, I think you, that's a very good point. I don't think we've seen too much of that in the last year and a half. Yeah. Now I feel, it feels like they've gotten away from that. That's like Revis is going to shut down half the field. And then, uh, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, keep everything in front of us and not give up the big play. I mean, that's it. That's, that's what the defense has been for a year and a half. Then don't break. Yeah. That's what they, I mean. It hasn't been crazy. a pressure defense. It hasn't been a pressure defense in a long time. Right. So maybe they have to get back to that a little bit. And then, you know, Mark Sanchez just has to be consistent, Cal. There's nothing surprising about the offense through the first three games of the season for me. Nothing. They're learning a new system. You know what we're, we are finding out? Sean Green can't run in this system. That's for sure. Can't run with a power blocking scheme. He's a zone blocking runner, or he should be used. We, we've been saying this for three weeks. You, me, uh, Dr. E. Ray, Dan, uh, you know, uh, our buddy, uh, my brother Scott. We've been saying this for weeks. Even, you know, Joe Caparoso at Turn on the Jets has been saying it for two months. Sean Green is not an every down back. Sean Green is the, is the closer. He's the guy you bring in in the third and the fourth quarter when the defense is run down and you have a lead and you want to beat on the defense. Right. And Bilal Powell, he suggested, uh, Joe uh, suggested, and I agree with this, Cal, after watching film, the, the Dolphin film, come out this week, you know, not with three tight ends and green, come out with three wide receivers and Powell and spread it out. And spread it out a little bit and attack. Don't play ball control. Don't play attack. Right. I don't know. I, I, I just have this awful feeling they're going to get waxed this week. But. Well, let me. And, and just the last thing on the Jets. Let me ask you do you think a lot of people have been talking about, and a lot of, a lot of media types have already set it up so that, you know, the Jets have their built in excuse. Now that they don't have Revis, that you know maybe this is going to be a five or six win year, and they can just write it off, and and you know they have the excuse that Revis wasn't there. Do you think the team is going to approach it that way? Do you think Absolutely the team not. approaches this like, what are we going to do? We're, we're missing Revis. How how can we possibly win? Or do you think they mobilize around it and kind of you you use the whole the old Bill Simmons Ewing theory? Yeah. Idea? Do you think they, there's something there with that? I do. They rally around this? I do. I mean, don't you think they could too, Bry? I, I really do. I don't know. I, th- I, I personally, I feel this group is kind of, it's kind of a weak group. I don't feel confident that 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 there's like a conviction that they could all rally around. You know, yeah, I, 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 I. That's I my think, opinion. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I, I, and it's a valid one because they seem to be. Because their leaders outside of Revis and Mangold, maybe, are sort of wishy-washy, or they're Bart Scott, who you can't really take super seriously. Right. So I get that. But I think they can play the card of everyone has now officially written us off. Like, you you know, we're, not only are we a circus, but because we lost one guy, that's it? Like, we're, we're, we're one guy? Yeah, well, you'd like to think that the defense specifically yeah, would I take offense to that. that card. I think they and, can play that card. Right? Maybe put a, you know, get a little chip on your shoulder that yep. nobody believes in you without Revis. Yep. I'd I, like oh, to see I, that. Oh, oh, I think they can play that card, Brian. Right. 
I think they can play that card. In fact, I think you have guys on that defense that want to be a great defense without Revis. Because it's like that deal of like, you know, we're not just a great defense because of Darrell Revis. Look, we didn't have him for a season and we were great. Do you think Cromartie sees this as an opportunity to kind of make a name for himself? I don't know what Antonio Cromartie Or does he care? That's a reality show in and of itself. You know. I mean, what? What? I have no idea. Could could be. I, I, is he a top ten cornerback? I think he is. I don't know. I think he is. Top ten. Top fifteen. Would he, I mean? There's got to be ten teams he goes and he's a number one quarterback on. Cornerback on, Bry. There's got to be. Come on, let's not. Get, I mean, this guy is good. He is a very good corner. You know, we're spoiled. I mean, for the last three, four years, we've gotten to watch the best cornerback, one of the best to ever play the game. I got to watch him live for two seasons or three seasons, and it was ridiculous. I mean, you, you, I never watched a corner before in my life on every play. Right. You know, he was like a cornerback that you would pay to see. I mean, we've gotten spoiled. Antonio Cromartie will be fine. Your your bigger concern is is Kyle Wilson. Uh, what do you think of the Giants uh, Eagles? We uh, you know talking smack back and forth. Michael Vick twelve tw- is it twelve picks in three games? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No. Four a game. Four. four. <laughs> <laughs> I I I just love that Lashawn McCoy just he just does not stop talking. I love. Oh. It. I love it. They hate each other. I love it. And the it's, Giants the Giants get so indignant, like I know. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like they don't want to soil their hands in this. Yeah. And you know what? That's their rival. I mean the Jet Giant crap is Rex created. Right. I mean Rex made that. <laughs> you know, I mean the Giants aren't innocent in it either, but uh you know, that's their rival. I mean, Eagles, Giants, that's the rivalry. Eagles, da- or uh, Giants, Dallas, those are their rivals. You know, they're, 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 don't worry about the Jets. I think that I think the uh, the Giants destroy this game. You think I, so, huh? Absolutely. Calvi, if I could have had $8 million to bet on them last Thursday night, I would have. I see. There was a part of me that, that thought that they were going to have trouble. Oh, I said it. I said it on the show. I know. I know you There did. is no way they lose that game. The was... minute that you say they absolutely should lose, they are definitely going to win. Definitely. Now, it's, a, you... it's a no-brainer. Does it work the other way, though? Because you just said that they're going to destroy this game. Does that mean they're going to lose now? No, I think... I, no, I, no. This one I'm going on merit. Okay. I think they win this game on. I just think they're a better team. They're a better team than the Eagles, absolutely. Yeah, they are, and and I and I think it's going to get to that point this season, where Eli Manning is going to be playing the whole season, not just the fourth quarter of games, uh, at that elite level. I really do. I really think he's he's almost ready to take like the Peyton leap. I, I that's just me. I think he's I think he might be almost ready for that. That's it's it's a fair discussion. Do you not? No, I do. I, and I he I, was he was 
surgical last week. That was pure Peyton. He is with with like third and fourth string wide receivers. I mean, without Nicks, without Hickson, and without Amon Bradshaw. We 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 our feelings on the Giants are pretty clear, but we're pretty fortunate here in New York. We've watched Eli Manning's career, and he has gotten better every single year. Yes, no, he's gotten significantly better, markedly better every single year. And now he's play, he's really playing at the top of his game. Yeah. And you would be hard pressed to look around the league and find it's a crazy it's a crazy statement. But when you look at what Aaron Rodgers has done the first three games, yep. when you look at what Drew Brees has done the first three games, Tom Brady the first three games, top five quarterback. You would be top five. You'd be hard pressed to find a, a better quarterback yep. in the league through through three games of the, of the season. I concur. It's amazing. I concur. I guess he's elite. I guess he's elite. I was reminded uh, uh, by my brother uh, via text, uh, the Giants don't talk smack. They're too classy for that. No, they're above that. Yes. Right. We know that. Class- they're they're yeah. not, but they're, they're, look, they're a great team. And they're, the, and, and they, and they, I, I think, Brian, if this keeps up and they stay healthy, they're going to have an excellent chance to repeat. I really feel that way. Especially considering that, who's the best team in the NFC? The, the Cardinals? 49ers. Come on now, 49ers, but the 49ers just lost the Vikings. The Saints Hand- are 0-3. Handily. The Packers are 1-2. Packers are, well, <laughs> with a, with an asterisk. We, 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 have to, we have to mention that for about two minutes, don't we? We have to mention that for two minutes. Welcome back, Ed Hockley and the Guns. Now, I didn't, I didn't see the play live. I was uh, ill this week. I had gone to sleep. Ill? Yes, I was not feeling well on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, are you okay? I'm fine, thank you. Good. I got a migraine. Do you ever get migraines? No, fortunately I haven't, but I know people that have and I never get them. That's why yeah. it was weird. I feared worse things. Sure. Because <laughs> I never get headaches. Yeah. And I'm a heavy drinker, Brian. No, um... <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't see the play. But then I woke up to it and 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 watched it and stuff. And and. Uh, did you smell pickles, or did you smell like a new car smell, or anything like that? No, I had pickles. No, that's different. Oh, that's pregnant. So I can. So I can <laughs> am I pregnant? Wow, talk. I about, don't know. Tune in next week. Talk about, talk about Unready to unload. Let's talk about There's it. There's your cliffhanger. There's your cliffhanger. Wow. This just is. The impossible has happened. Uh, no, I didn't I didn't see the... Having seen the play eight trillion times, and of course they've settled the strike and we can get back to booing the replacement or the real refs now. How long does the love affair last, by the way? Is it like a quarter? What do we, what do we got? Look, I haven't been watching tonight's game, so I don't know... If, if there's been any egregious calls blown <laughs> right, right. by the real refs tonight. How, how long does this love affair with Ed Hockley last? Oh, boy. Well, I think Ed Hockley it never goes away. Um, but uh, do the real refs get that play right? Yes. Yeah, the, you, know what, the, you know what the real refs would have done? They would have, taught, they would have huddled and, and talked about it to get it right. They also would have, if it was uh, the Jets, would have screwed them. 
Uh, possibly. <laughs> some some will argue that this was Seattle's repayment for the Vinny Testaverde touchdown of of. But everybody, no, 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 no. Everybody says it's 14 years ago. Everybody says that. Okay, but there was no instant replay then. No, that's there the, wasn't. That's the reason. So the referees blew the call on the field with the naked eye. It's you can't compare that 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 play in Seattle the other night to the Vinny Testaverde play. No, you because definitely they, can't. Because no. they didn't have replay. You if can't. they had, if they had had replay, they would have gotten it right. But here they had replay and they still got it wrong. So it's not the same thing. They were still they've still been owed one. They no, they're owed one for the Super Bowl. And then there are two against the Steelers. You can't say they're owed that one. That's a simple mistake. And it's not because it's the Jets. It's because there was no instant replay. The refs made it a mistake on the field. That's like, uh, to, to me, at the time, that's the same thing as like blowing a call at first base. There's no instant replay. There's no recourse there. The referee blew it at the time, All right. and he had no way of fixing it. You know, He couldn't have known until after the game that he blew the call. That's all I'm saying. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers... Seahawks Super Bowl. Oh man, Ben Roethlisberger still hasn't gotten in the end zone. <laughs> it's seven years ago. I know, but uh, it's good to uh, have the regular refs back. It just it was it was completely out of control this it week, was. and I was so tired of hearing about it too. And also, I I think again credit to uh, Mike Francesa where credit is due. Uh, when he was talking about it the other day on Tuesday after the game, he said he hit the nail on the head. And that is, it became uncomfortable to watch the games. Because every play, you were waiting for a flag, and you were waiting for them to screw up that flag. Right. And that just made it uncomfortable to watch the game. Like, you're watching the game like, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, really felt that way, uh, the Jets-Miami game. I really did. You know, so I, I, I'm glad to see them back. And, and really, what a joke for the NFL to let it last this long. I mean, if that if that debacle had not gone on Monday night, Cal, they wouldn't have ended it. No, it'd still be going on. They would yep. have dug their heels in a little bit further, and they just have to crush everybody. The NFL, they have but to you, crush you. But I, th- I think the point with this whole thing is that the the real refs are going to blow calls too, and people are going to be unhappy with them. But at least you're not going to hear about it, right? And you, it's not going to be the running narrative of the entire week. And it's not going to be because they're ridiculously unqualified to do what they're doing. You know, these guys were unqualified to do what they were doing. Is it true that one of them used to be oh, a referee? Yeah, we got the lingerie bowl guy. Yeah, and he was and he was let go. <laughs> I don't know. All this stuff came out after they blew that call. So you I heard that I, one, right? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, what are what are Halloween stores going to do with all of those blind referee costumes that they brought in? Stuff. Are outdated now. <laughs> They'll have to pile them up, up with the uh, Harry Potter. Uh, no, what's a, what's a good one? The Octomom, maybe? <laughs> the Octomom costumes? <laughs> They'll go on that huge pile with the Where's the Beef Lady costumes. <laughs> uh, we should wrap, right? We, we're not going to get to the fun load. We should wrap. It's a, It's 11.15. Yeah, I think we I think we gotta bump it one more week. Wow, imagine. Let's bring PJ back in for one more second, though, so we can get his reaction for bumping it again. That's right. We, we want to go into the green room and see PJ's face when we bump him. 
<laughs> Pizza. No, 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 no it's not like yes. that. I yeah, envision him like... throwing a huge sandwich against the wall, like, God damn it. The really nice fruit basket that was in there. Totally thrown against the wall. We have a nice green room, though, Peach, don't we? It's good. <laughs> when the cleaning staff remembers to come, it's good. Right. One last thing b- before we end the uh, the show. You're uh, you're working tonight. You're working overnight. Uh, and that's usually, yeah. And you had a uh, Costanza moment. Why don't you tell Cal about your Costanza moment? By Costanza moment, we have a we have a night cleaning crew. So, and I, I work in six to eight rooms at once usually. And I was moving from room to room, and I opened the door to one of my rooms, and there's a cleaning guy just sitting on uh, on a chair, talking on the phone, not really cleaning at the at the time. And I didn't on really the clock, care. Right? Of course, clock. he's on the clock. Working. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't care. I just needed to get to my computer, whatever. The guy to make a phone call, fine. But coincidentally, his supervisor happens to be on the floor at this time, and she's right behind me as I walk in the door. So she sees me go in, and I said to the guy, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get out of here. <laughs> and, the, and I walked around and walked out, and then she sees him in the chair on the phone, and she starts yelling at him, you know, the client needs to work. What are you doing? You know, you can't be on the phone. I want to see you tomorrow in my office. You you be in here a half hour early. We're going to talk about this. So I think I got a, a guy fired. And all I did was open the door. I really. Oh, no. I feel bad. Yeah. And what did I tell you not to do? Don't go to his apartment and visit him because I, I'll let his cat out. Right. So when you when you go to his apartment to apologize to him, make sure you shut the door and don't let his cat out. Right. Remember that when Costanza does that? He gets the busboy fired. Yeah. And then he goes to his house to apologize and Kramer leaves the door open and the cat runs away. Classic. <laughs> you are Costanza. Tell me Sometimes. what 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 does one eat overnight when, when one is working? Uh burritos from La Paloma around the corner. Oh, nice! What kind of burrito are you gonna get there? Uh, we do the uh, we do the one with mole sauce, stewed chicken with mole sauce. Oh boy! We, we, do you have a mouse in your pocket? The royal we. <laughs> All right. Are you gonna start talking in the third person now? I I speak as a bishop. <laughs> bishop likes to get the mole burrito. Bishop's hungry today. <laughs> we enjoy ethnic food. Will you uh will you star in the uh the little promo we're gonna do for moving to Tuesday nights? Only if I can be the wacky neighbor. <laughs> I gotta Archie be the guy who's to Tuesday night. Hey, can I come? <laughs> yes you can, Bishop. Tuesday <laughs> this fall. Just leave the burrito. I'll be there with a big bowl of seven layer dip. I brought nachos. Okay, that's all the time we have. Uh, that's all the time we're going to take on Radio Alone this week. Apologies to Mr. Lindsey Buckingham. I love you, Lindsey. Also, apologies to the fun load, which we will do next week for sure. On Tuesday night, next week. PJ Final Unload.
final unload, I want to congratulate my local high school. They won a radio contest, a CBS radio contest called Last School Standing uh, for having like the best school spirit or something like that. They beat out 2,000 other area high schools, uh, including, uh, you know, tri-state area high schools. And uh, they won themselves a concert with the great young chippy Cher Lloyd, uh, which Steve, I think, is too old to know about, but she's hot. And, I know uh, all about Cher Lloyd. Yeah, remember all the things that you and I did first, and now you're doing them with her. So, Freehold Regional High School, congratulations. San Dimas High School football rules. That's uh, right. <laughs> Cal final unload. The NFL reps are back, and I think everybody universally is thrilled with that news, except for one man, Gary Bettman. <laughs> and my my final unload is, uh, hey, congratulations to Robert Allen Dickey today on winning his 20th game this season in what has been really a magnificent season. And double congratulations to David Allen Wright who became the all-time hit leader for the New York Mets. He's already the all-time RBI leader and the all-time run-scored leader. And uh, two very deserving guys who make me proud to say I'm a Mets fan. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you next week. Good night, Cal. Thank you. Night. Bye. <laughs> Tuesday.